All right, welcome back. Vinyl Frontier. I almost said the other one. <laughs> I I, it, this is a really awkward time to just talk about how much I fucking hate Sammy Hagar. <laughs> <laughs> Completely agree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you know what it is? I, You know me. I've never really understood Van Halen. I'll say it. Uh, but what I do, the Van Halen songs I do like are those like power ballads. So, which are few and far between with them. Like they're too, they 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 shred too much. What I want to hear is why can't we, this be love or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, admittedly, that song bops, and I think it's the one they did with Hagar. Yeah, I dude, I turned the corner on Van Halen really hard. Yeah, I I used to not like Van Halen at all, and then I kind of like gave him a shot, and then I'm like, I get this, and and it is fun. It, there's yeah. nothing deeper. <laughs> totally. then, but yeah. but you know they they have their moments of fun and i i can't i can't hate on a fun band too much um but god i fucking hate sammy you remember that band he was in it was a, a super group i think it had the uh vinnie paul from pantera as the drummer it was chicken foot oh yeah 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 i forgot about that yeah that's real bad <laughs> yeah. i was uh, mad at vinnie paul for doing that shit i'm like yeah. dude come on Better <laughs> well, Hagar. so this is weird. Um, I do have some f- friends that are big Van Halen fans, but they prefer Sammy Hagar. Over... Shut the fuck up. That's so <laughs> weird to me. Really? Yeah. I don't know what it is. I'll, I haven't really asked him about it because I'm a little ill-prepared for that conversation. But Sure. They, yeah. I don't know, man. They cut their hair. Eddie Van Halen looks like a fucking dweeb when he cuts his hair man i don't care how good you are at guitar you look like a fucking dweeb i don't know i don't get it i don't get well what was what did sammy hagar do before you're asking the wrong guy barking up the wrong tree my friend sorry (laughs) all right well anyways that was our very strong opinions on van halen uh yeah welcome back final the vinyl frontier fuck We didn't workshop this name at all. Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. Well, welcome back to the Vinyl Frontier. Um, I'm going to get a little housekeeping in order before we get too deep here. Um, Putting out podcasts is just annoying. I don't know who, what fucking madman, what masochist invented the RSS feed. We've had a little bit of trouble. You probably noticed. Um, I think we're getting back on track. Mitch has given me the keys to the kingdom, and I'm proving once again while I shouldn't have them. Um, working some stuff out. We got our we got our episode situation kind of figured out. Everything should be hitting pretty consistently. Shouldn't have to worry about that. However, for anybody listening on Apple Podcast app, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It bugs me to no end, and I cannot figure out why. Like, well, I, it's I don't know how to change we, it. I've, we've done so much research. Yeah, it's a fucking picture. <laughs> what, 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 what's Steve Jobs thinking? Well, I only want him to change the picture if it goes through yeah. the fucking... So, for those not in the know, I spent hours creating the new album artwork for our new podcast, but for some reason... Yeah, it's fucking good. It's our, it's our, old, it's our old fucking logo with our mugs on it, and I don't want to be looking at that anymore. Uh, it's not even the name of our podcast anymore. So. That's the biggest <laughs> issue. It's just like so. Everybody boycott Apple Podcasts. Go listen on Spotify. They get their shit together. <laughs> yeah, it's at least easy. But yeah, yeah, we'll we'll hopefully figure it out and get that taken care of. But yeah, other than no that, that, other than that, things have been going pretty smooth. 
Yeah, I, I went yeah. back and listened to some old episodes. The edit, you know, I, I I think it's sounding good. I think it's Sounds sounding good. Yeah sounds good so you know mm-hmm. we should be good so a little bit of captain's log for you we're <laughs> working out some kinks here in the uh, housekeeping so hopefully that should be smoother and smoother um but yeah man i'm i'm kind of fucking excited for today i know that we we were talking a little bit beforehand i know you kind of <laughs> got a lot going on um but i'm i'm pretty fucking stoked i'm be i'm stoked to be back in the saddle yeah and, totally uh, man yeah it's been yeah it so for the people behind the curtain we're recording on a monday night which we don't normally do but it's been the, <laughs> it's the only time that has been working for both of us um because my weekends have been jam-packed lately um and then also my i talk on the phone for work all day so i've told eli my my voice is going out it's it sounds weak um and i'm in a little bit of a bad mood but hey i figured let's record a podcast <laughs> yeah let's talk to a good friend of mine but the most <laughs> insane friend i have absolutely am i the most insane friend you have Oh, 100%. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, that actually one time was my favorite beer of all time. Ah, interesting. So I got a big, I got a big heart for Modelo. Cool, cool. Well, what about you? Uh, I saw Ah, you, uh, you had a little something. What you drinking? Another beer. It's already open because, you know, I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) I can't wait for Mitch. Uh, Another beer I've been into lately, Heineken. I always love good Heineken. Yeah. It's a classic. You said, this might be the smartest thing you've ever said. (laughs) You said beer and green bottles taste better. It does. It does. And honestly, I've never, I've had plenty of beer and not green bottles that I haven't liked. I've never had a beer out of a green bottle that I did not enjoy. Yeah. Same here. Absolutely. Heineken, uh, Rolling Rock. um, Grolsch. Grolsch. Yep. Yep. Um, what else we got? Uh, Moosehead. Moosehead is a Canadian ah, beer, one of my favorites. Yeah, I haven't had one of those in a minute. Yeah, me neither. Have we drank like <laughs> Moosehead together? Uh, I'm sure because I, when I first turned 21, I discovered Moosehead, and that was like my thing for years. Yeah, my buddy uh, <laughs> Kyle, uh, shout out Moondog. He uh, he's technically Canadian, and he uh, he was really into Moosehead. Hey, all right, Kyle. And also, Thanks, eh? yeah, yeah. And also, uh, Labatt Blue is also not a bad beer. Not a bad beer at all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much Canadians drink it. It's just like, I, I think I read a thing that in Australia, like, people do not drink Fosters. Oh, yeah, totally. It's not a thing. Yeah. yeah it's Well, the, the founder of, like, uh, Outback Steakhouse had, like, never been to Australia when he founded Outback Steakhouse. So the whole thing is just a, just a, I don't know. Yeah, why why even make it Australian? Marketing, baby. Capitalism. <laughs> True. I and I would I would question it except that Outbacks are still around. I don't was there a deficit in the Australian food market? I don't know. It must have been the same time around like Crocodile Dundee was coming out and Yeah, Steve Irwin was yeah. really popular. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's uh, move on. We're not making ourselves sound any smarter. Um, <laughs> I have to. I, I I will say I'll I'll be uh, I'll put myself in your shoes. I've I've edited four of these things, and God, do I regret half the shit I say. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like I we were. I was I edited one. I want to say it was episode four, and I insinuated that Warner Brothers is like crazy conservative Republican, like. That like Warner Brothers Studio is like super right wing. <laughs> I said that. 
I don't remember that at all. Yeah, and I have no <laughs> fucking idea why, Mitch. I have no... I don't... That was just words. Did you, like, edit it out? No, it's in there, because there was no it's reason to. It was just okay. a dumb fucking thing to say. <laughs> just... <laughs> well, yeah. Our podcast has always been light on the research, so... Yeah, very, Sorry. very, very, yeah. very light, but... <laughs> All right, Mitch. Well, here we are. Episode five. We're warmed up. We're loosed up. We're boozed up. Um, how are we going to start this thing? You got something for us today that I'm a little okay, curious about. Okay, so I got about. a little bit of a I got a little bit of a segment. Um, I'm not sure how this is going to go. This could fail terribly, and if it is, Perfect. yeah, fuck it, edit it out. Yeah. Um, Perfect. So I want you to do. I've got a little. I've I've got a uh, basically a project. Um, I want you to pull up YouTube. Um, what's YouTube? <laughs> YouTube.com. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just ruined your life. WWW or? W- yeah, HTTP backslash colon. <laughs> I do think it's really it's funny backwards. to just have no idea what YouTube is. Um, all right, YouTube is pulled up. All right. Actually, you know what? Pull up two tabs of YouTube. Oh, fucking Christ. You're lucky I'm on my gaming PC. <laughs> Two tabs of YouTube? Two tabs, yeah. This is going to be a lot of RAM usage. (laughs) How much CPU Um, do you think I got, dude? (laughs) Okay, Okay. so in one tab, type in lo-fi hip-hop drum beat. And just pick one you think looks cool. Okay, it actually (laughs) auto-completed, so this should be interesting. Sweet. Because I definitely... (laughs) And if you could find one that's like fairly on the longer side, like the better. Uh, okay. Just a drum beat. Just a drum beat. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, okay. Free lo-fi hip hop drum loop number nine. Eleven minutes. That'll work. That's perfect. Cool. Okay. So should I pull it up and just mute it? Pull it up, yeah. Pull it up, mute it, play it. Let the commercials play out because we're not, you know, we're not going to play ads on this podcast. Well, I do have a <laughs> auto skipper for ads on my Google ah, Chrome. You lucky bastard! Chrome extensions are dope. You know what? Extensions are not not dope. Safari, Safari, yeah. Extensions yeah. do not work. <laughs> but anyways, all right. Second tab. What do I do over here? Second tab. Type in Gregorian chant. <laughs> All right, let's fuck up my YouTube recommended. <laughs> and again, pick whichever one you think looks coolest. Well, the first one is a rosary chant. That is an hour and a half. <laughs> let's uh, let's go with number two, Diem Virum. This one is, it has 4.9 million views. <laughs> It's a whole scene, man. Yeah, this yeah. one's like eight minutes. All right, I'm going to pull it up, and I'm going to stop. Okay, this one has an ad. Okay, yeah, skip the ad. Oh, that ad is so loud. <laughs> okay. Whew. All right. Man, this is a okay. lot of work, by the way. Jesus. I'm exhausted. We are almost done. Okay. <laughs> now, we put the pieces together. We just have to bake it and see what it comes out on the other end. Okay. Hit play on both at the same time. Okay. So is this the thing that you talked about before where you want it to play through my monitors? Yeah. If you could somehow play it through the monitors, that would be great. <laughs> Let me give it a shot here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I could hear you. Okay. So I think we're good. So let's crank this up. 
So there's no human way I could do this at the same time. What do I start? Yeah, first? no, you don't have to. You don't even have to do them at the same time. It doesn't have to be timed up or anything. Just hit play on both and see what happens. Okay. All right. I'm going to move my mic back a little bit just to try <laughs> to pick up as much as possible. Sure, sure. Holy shit. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> ah. How does that work? I've tried this so many different ways. It always works. <laughs> it's never not amazing. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll see how that picks up. But I think that I, I was bumping that. And actually... that's. Yeah, that is weird. That kind of did work, didn't it? Every single time. That's why I said pick one at random. You don't have to time it up. It's automatically going to be in time. <laughs> we got a real all summer long kind of situation. <laughs> it really is, right? <laughs> yeah, that's... How did you possibly stumble upon that? Somebody I, I somebody at work told me about that, and I was like, no way. And then I tried it. Yes way. So yeah, just for all you people listening, if you want to do a fun experiment, uh, yeah, just do what we just did. It's going to work. It's going to sound great every time. Lo-fi hip hop drum beats meets Gregorian chant. It's a banger. Yeah, it's like a weird. Yeah, wow, that really did work. That's like upsetting. (laughs) I don't know what that says about gregorian chant which i do want to say is like one of the oldest forms of music (laughs) yes yeah i think that's why it does work and i'm probably gonna piss garrett off because he's kind of a music theory nerd or uh he knows more than both of us um gregorian chants like they don't have a tempo obviously you're just chanting and it's just vocals so you can easily loop you know, drums, bass, and it's going to sit pretty well. Um, And it's not in any specific, like, well, I I could be wrong, but as far as I know, I don't think it's in any, some, any specific key. So. Well, I think it's, uh, no, well, you are kind of right there. I did learn something that like when they were written, the traditional keys, like the, the traditional understanding of music that we have now was not there yet. So they were exercising like outside the traditional rules that we have now, which I think created musical keys that like aren't actually a thing or something. It's really convoluted, (laughs) but I think you're right. I think that's it because uh, the Gregorian chants don't, I think, adhere to much typical like musical theory, I think. Right. So it puts it in really weird, you know, territory. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is not a music theory podcast, obviously. This is a music reviewing podcast for the most part. So, yeah. My (laughs) review, 10 out of 10, would pray again. You know what I'm saying? 10 out of 10. 100%. No, but that that is really funny. That will definitely be a party trick for me because you could easily do that. Just like, hey, pull up this on your phone. I'll pull this up on my phone. Yeah. And you could actually play it at the same time that way, which I would be interesting to hear that. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Another thing I've thought about doing, and I kind of stole this from TikTok, but you could just search for like a indie guitar intro lead and then, or like emo guitar intro lead, and then just pull up any sort of speech from like a famous dictator or really anything. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. One of my favorite versions of that is just taking whatever like TikTok or Vine somebody has where they just end up screaming and then the metal guys go in and just and just make it (laughs) super fucking metal i love those those are so oh absolutely um (laughs) all right well that was a fun little experiment i'm super blown away that it worked um (laughs) yeah and and really yeah actually because that was like you giving me really no context and i I gave you zero context and i made that so yeah man you just made a hit put that on youtube HTTP uh, semicolon uh, backslash. I was actually talking to my grandpa this weekend, and he <laughs> about Gregorian chats and lo-fi hip hop beats about YouTube. Oh, okay. My my grandpa was basically like, "Yeah, well, I got on I got on YouTube. Like, I'm pretty sure it's a new thing for him." And I was like, oh, what are, you, what, are you, what are you watching on YouTube? What kind of channels are you following, keeping up with? And he was like, mostly like um, Air Force, like naval airplanes. Uh, Dope. Because <laughs> he's, he's big into like army documentaries and movies. And sure. As, as is, you know, what happens when you get old. You just become obsessed with like World War II era fighter All right. jets. Just, <laughs> I've watched a few. Just careful. <laughs> I'm big into like the guns. Oh, I'm a few years away. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Artillery, anything. I know way too much <laughs> about the M1 Grand, okay? <laughs> I'm a few years away from joining you, my man, I swear. Yeah, it's I mean it is wildly interesting, but no, I get it. Okay. That's pr- I mean that's pretty cool though. Like that That's cool. Yeah. Dude, YouTube it's rough, but that's my favorite part. It literally has something for everyone. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> Um, but all right. Well, that was super fun. I'm definitely going to bust that out at a party. Um, I would challenge you, not by the next time we record, but I would challenge you in the next few episodes to find another one. I'll come up with something. You know, like not just <laughs> just like, you know, not another chant thing, but like another yeah. thing you could do that with. I, thing that works. Yeah. I absolutely will. Okay. Okay. I'll try, I'll try to find one too, but I'm not good at it. I've never been good at this. <laughs> Oh, actually, it kind of makes sense that you at least have an idea. You are an aspiring DJ. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you you essentially just mixed uh, two songs. You just DJed, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> I would. My DJ nickname would be my DJ name would be DJ Doomsday. Isn't that no? Okay, I was like, isn't that already taken? But I was thinking MF MF Doom's right. album Doomsday. Right. So it's kind of a yeah, It's kind of there a, you go. It's kind of an homage. Close enough. I'll yeah, get jumbled up in the Google search results. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Love it. Uh, all right, man. Well, that was it. What do you you want to move on to? Like an actual topic? <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's talk about why we're here. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, okay, so I'll I'll start this one off, so I'll take this. So me and Mitch, uh, we were talking about doing an episode. This was something I've wanted to do uh, in relation to this album, but also other albums, is I really wanted to kind of make each other listen to maybe an album that we... It, my thought was, I knew that you hadn't listened to this album, 
Yeah. Therefore, I wanted you to listen to it and have your thoughts and opinions. So we're going to kind of do a little bit of an album review, kind of a little bit of an album deep dive. Um, but yeah, so today we're going to, and I actually have it right over here. Yeah, there we go. Um, oh, yeah. Today we're going to talk about Steppenwolf's album, Monster. Which, literally, I guarantee you nobody listening to this has fucking heard of. I had not. I mean, I here here's my... Uh, my my reference for Steppenwolf, I know Magic Carpet Ride. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. <laughs> well, Born to be Wild. Oh, yeah, that is Born to be Wild. Yeah, that's right. Okay, gotcha. Also, maybe Pusher Man? Nope. Oh, okay, they did a cover of that. <laughs> I, I may have heard it, but... Yeah, that, that one's kind of popular. Um, so, yeah, anyways, or The Pusher, sorry. Okay. I got Curtis Mayfield and Steppenwolf confused um (laughs) pretty similar anyways yeah i wanted to listen to the sound because actually i probably had not listened to this fucking thing in like 10 years um so i want to do that i bought it at a the tag is on here somewhere where is it oh right here at a half price books for a dollar 98 actually not bad it's fucking (laughs) dated in 2009 Oh, hell, hell yeah. <laughs> so this was one of the first vinyls that I bought. Um, it was basically uh, Dark Side, a.k.a. Gay Triangle. Um, <laughs> and then this thing. And then I had an Alice Cooper record that I I have to remember what the name of it is. Uh, so this was one of the first vinyls that I bought. And I listened to this when I was, uh, fair- this wasn't 2009. No, I was pretty young. I was like 15. Yeah, I was like 15, however long ago that was. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, yeah, I listened to this thing, and, you know, honestly, this album might be top 10 albums for me. This has no hits. It was not critically well-received. <laughs> Most fans may know it, but probably don't love it. And yeah. mm-hmm. but there's something in this album that I just kind of can't ever shake, and I really just kind of wanted to talk to you. I wanted to hear what you thought because there's a lot about this album that I really, really fucking love. Mm-hmm. And every time I put it on, I'm just like, God damn, I forgot how good this fucking album is. So yeah. this and uh, and also it holds a lot of nostalgia. Like I said, it's one of the first vinyls I've owned and. I still have it. It's also not warped, by the way. And this is from fucking 1969, so that surprises me. But anyways, so yeah, that's some of the reasons I wanted to pick it, and I'll go into a little bit more detail, but a little bit of a new thing. We haven't really done this before. Here's where I want to start. This was your first foray into this album. What was, what's your gut reaction? What did you think about checking out this album? Totally. So I was a little like not super looking forward to listening to this album because as I mentioned before, I really only know them from Magic Carpet Ride. A couple of their hits. Um, Now, now sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but do you not like Magic Carpet Ride? It's fine. It's, I just, I, no, 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 yeah, fine. I'll say it. I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. It, it, it does not hold up well you hear it once you're probably good 
Well, it's just one of those songs that like it's everywhere. Yeah. Anytime you like turn on a classic rock radio station and you drive more than an hour, you're gonna hear it. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, that's you're totally right. Yeah, it's just one of those songs you hear like walking around Walmart and stuff. And I've done enough of that to know that anytime one of those songs come on, I'm just not not into it. Sure. Um, there's rarely a time I'm in a Walmart or something of the like and hear a song on the radio. I'm like, I got to Shazam this. What is this? That's never happened. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Okay. That's never happened. Um, but uh, yeah, so upon listening to it, um, and I will admit, I had to give it a couple lessons because I have this bad habit of listening to it at, like at work while I'm also working on other stuff. So I didn't give it my full attention. But once I decided to sit down and give it my full attention, I loved it. Oh, I completely see exactly what you see in it. I think what I think what I what I think you're gonna say, um, and I, I I guess what I I guess I'll just say this. I'll start off by saying I think I know why you like it so much, and it's because of everything I know about you. Sure. I literally I wrote down bluesy Southern Pink Floyd with Jim Morrison vocals. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's far off. Yeah. <laughs> Especially track one, which is basically a three-part song with, right. I always call them movements, but even though I'm far off, that they haven't called them that since the 1600s. Um. <laughs> also true. Yeah. Yeah, also true. But I let's bring that back, because that sounds more epic. Like, yeah. I I completely agree. Uh, so yeah, man, obviously it's very much rooted in blues, blues rock, which you and I are both, it's probably my favorite sure. genre yeah. uh, out there. Um, but then also it kind of like, especially again, that first song gets into some proggy territory with a little bit. The, and I actually do think he's kind of doing some Jim Morrison-esque vocals at certain, the parts of it are like, I don't know how to explain it, but I always... It's it's not super tangible, but what I like about Queen is that it's these kind of theatric vocals with these really kind of weird moving, right. almost kind of like, oh, you would hear this in like a Broadway play, right? Um, right, right. Yeah. which isn't normally something I gravitate towards, but that's how I describe Queen and The Doors, and it's not typical. It's not your four-on-the-floor blues melody. It's It's kind of weird and out there and theatrical and intense yeah dramatic yeah sure yeah no i th I think that's um yeah well i'm super stoked that you even liked it loved it yeah so the <laughs> fact that you loved it because it's not perfect like by any means and i think you but so to your point like i'm, I'm gonna take some of what you said and just and just build a foundation for us when you hear steppenwolf you think of Magic Carpet Ride, Born to be Wild. Honestly, mm -hmm. I don't really like those songs too much either. <laughs> like, I was kind of giving you a hard time, but I, I actually totally mm -hmm. agree with you. Um, they're not that fun to listen to. It sounds like a rock band trying to be a rock band. Like, uh, yeah, we're born to be wild, man. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, it just sounds stupid. <clears throat> this album gets funky. It's bluesy. The fucking drums on this thing are awesome. There's a couple yeah. intros that sound like fuck. Actually, do sound like Curtis Mayfield. Uh, wow. Like I think yeah. the second song, Draft Resistor. It's that he's yeah. doing that quarter note click, and they're doing little bluesy licks, and it sounds like fucking mm -hmm. Superfly. 
Yeah, totally. And I thought that was, um, you know, that's that's one of the most interesting things about it. And I also wrote this down. So you may have to speak to this a little bit more because I, I wasn't fully like listening to the lyrics. I was mostly just jamming out. Um, but obviously they have a song called Draft Resistor, which I'm assuming is a kind of like I the vibe I got. Like I, I so they have some American-esque type songs like patriotic songs. But I feel like they were doing it in a tongue in cheek kind of uh, yeah. ironic way, <laughs> uh, which I dig. I like that. Yeah. So. I'm kind of surprised. Well, I get why, like, why you didn't like ingest the lyrics entirely. But I'm kind of surprised when you said, like, I think I know why you like it. One of the things you didn't bring up is how political this album is. Yeah. Um, mm. Because actually, um, so so let me back up because I have a couple notes. So let me just throw out a couple real quick, half-assed internet research real quick. So this is actually their fourth studio album. Uh, got released in 1969. Um, they actually had a new guitarist come on. So this is a new guitarist f- as opposed to their first three albums, which I think their first three albums have. Born to be Wild and Magic Carpet Ride and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, it wasn't well received at all. Um, so here's some questions for you. So... Okay. All right. Sorry. We, we've talked about a few things that I didn't think we would talk about. So I kind of have to go back here a little bit. <laughs> okay. Um, so, okay. So yes, this album is very much a snapshot of that time. And it's very much about the Vietnam War um, and stuff like that. So the first song is a medley. It's a three-parter. Um, and I believe the three parts are, I actually have it right here. Let me go to where I found it. So it's it's monster slash suicide slash America is the first song. Um, then the next song is draft resistor song after that is power play move over. There is a song called fag on this album. That's the only song I don't really understand. I don't, I don't know <laughs> what that is about. Uh, what would you do if I did that to you? And from here to there, eventually, um, mm-hmm. which I actually really like the name of that song. That was kind of a, I think that's a cool yeah. song title. Um, but Monster Suicide America is this sort of telling of American history in a way that is not whitewashy at all. My favorite part about this album is that I think you get to look into what people that were listening to rock and roll, list, you know, being kind of countercultural in the late 60s and the reactions to Vietnam and the reactions to the political misgivings that the country was giving them. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I I really do think it's a snapshot. And I think these first few lines are really good. So I'm going to read a few lyrics from that first song. So the album actually opens with, Once the religious, the hunted and weary, chasing the promise of freedom and hope. Pilgrims. Uh, came to this country to build a new vision far from the reaches of kingdom and pope. Okay. Like good Christians, some would burn the witches. Later, some got slaves to gather riches. Dude, that's fucking America. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not very thinly veiled. It's definitely not a (laughs) metaphor, but like that's like, it's kind of America. 
Um, but still from near to far to seek America, they came by thousands to court the wild. Um, but she just patiently smiled and bore them a child to be their spirit and guiding light. So it's definitely about colonization. Hundred percent about colonization. There's another really good one. I'll re- I'll read this and then we'll move on from the lyrics. But it says, "And once the ties with the crown had been broken, Revolutionary War, Western in saddle and wagon they went until the railroad linked ocean to ocean, many the lives which had come to an end." So that was about the Western expansion and building the railroad, which, by the way, we use Asian people to fucking do and basically Mm -hmm. you know pseudo fucking you know murdered them by you know the thousands while we bullied stole and bought our homeland we began the slaughter of the red man don't love that they said red man however (laughs) it was the 60s it was the 60s i mean it could have been way worse (laughs) but you know but yeah then we fucking genocide the native americans so I'm not saying that the lyrics are like fucking Vonnegut or anything, but like it's it's telling literally when you listen to this song, it's literally the history of America without any whitewashing. Here is what yeah. we did to the planet, to the country, to these groups of people and how we became America. Aren't you proud to be an American? Right. And cuz cuz the end when you get to the to the third part in America, it says, like, America, where are you now? Don't you care about your sons and daughters? Because all those people that we stood upon to build America are now a part of America. But we build it mm-hmm. on their fucking backs. And I was, like, 15, dude. And I'm telling you, <laughs> like, I was just like, whoa. Like, this was... And maybe it sounds like hippie bullshit. But it's not wrong. It's what we did. Yeah, right. And what I what I like so much about it is that like like you said it's pretty an, an aggressive staunch leftist kind of viewing of uh American history. Well, I shouldn't even say leftist, but it, it I mean it's a it, liberal it, take. I don't know it's if it's a liberal, leftist. Yeah. Whereas at the time and 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 I don't know very many bands at the time that were talk that that had those kind of lyrical content um just for fun i actually just googled like 1969 billboard top 100 songs most of the songs are okay here's number one sugar sugar by the archies uh everyday people sly and the family stone uh they had a couple ones on there okay that's so that's I I want to hear more, but that's interesting. So okay, well I can't say anything about Sugar Sugar because that's a great song. <laughs> yeah, it's great, but the lyrics are Sugar Sugar, sugar, sugar no. You Are My Candy Girl, yeah. is something else. I don't and know. then uh, <laughs> Sly and the Family Stone being an interracial band. Yeah, I, I I look, I fucking love Sly and the Family Stone. Everyday people though is a little pandering, for sure. Yeah, it's not really saying anything. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. So, oh, num- oh, number 22, Sweet Caroline, Neil Diamond. Ah. Um, there's a couple CCR songs on here. Right. Um, Marvin Gaye, uh, Build Me Up Buttercup by The Foundations. So basically, what I learned from this is that there was a bunch of love songs on there every once in a while, some Marvin Gaye love songs. Um, no one was writing songs in the Billboard Top 100 uh, with this kind of lyrical content about like kind of this 
almost anti-American viewpoint. Yeah. Hey, do you remember when we genocide the fucking Native American people? Also, <laughs> I'm not going to fucking fight in Vietnam because the next song is draft resistor, you know, which is about like literally just, yeah, just fucking basically. I mean, he's praising people who were fighting the draft and going to jail and sitting in jail mm-hmm. until the war was over. Like he, it, it was like, they're doing that for you and me. So we don't have to be a part of this draft. It's fuck. I mean, it's pretty revolutionary, dude. Like, I, yeah. I mean, and when I was young listening to this, it just blew my little brain because I didn't know there was <laughs> just like this fucking such like rebellious music. And, and I think I, I think there's like a tendency to lean towards like an anti-American view, and I think it's the complete opposite of that. I think it's actually a very patriotic thing to say: is yeah. this is what we were built upon. You could be proud to be an American, but you have to be honest with yourself with what that means. Totally, yeah. I think you and me being two white guys, I think we have to come <laughs> to terms with a lot. We could be proud to be Americans, but whew, we better be proud in a certain way because this was built on other people and primarily people of color. Yeah, absolutely. And having yeah. these thoughts at like 15, you know, 16 years old, I mean, you know, obviously I ate the shit up. I thought I was, you know, I'm just like, oh my God. I want to move to a cabin in Montana and start melling pipe bombs to people. Like, I just felt very, <laughs> you know, fucking, like, revolutionary. And, the, and this album right. came out in 1969, right? Yeah. So, well, I, I had some questions for you about the album, so I wanted to run some questions by you. Okay. Um. So, and I think this is a good time for this question because we were talking about it. Um. Hold on, let me... I think I... Am I still recording? Okay, sorry. I thought I hit my space bar. <laughs> um, so, yeah, was there any album that was political in your life? It doesn't have to be when you were young. It could be, like, yesterday or whatever. Was there any political album that you listened to that ended up changing or at least really heavily influencing your political ideology? It doesn't have to be an album. It could be a movie or a book or anything. Um, but was there an album that maybe like kind of made you start to go like, oh, I think I'm kind of really on board with this political ideology? Yeah. Um, well, kind of so the, to the same token, like one of my favorite albums that I guess kind of evoked similar feelings in me. And this is, this is going to be right over the this is right over the plate. This is a home run born in the USA, Bruce Springsteen when i ah, first okay i obviously okay so i went through phases of this when i was you know i'm from indiana people love bruce Springsteen. people love patriotic songs you go to a ball game in july you eat a hot dog you drink a beer you listen to born in the usa baby that's what it's all about melon camp spring street <laughs> melon camp springsteen rock flag and eagle am i right <laughs> <laughs> so i was like the hell Trinity. yeah i love <laughs> Hell yeah, I love this country. And then, I don't know when it happened, but um, eventually I realized that, oh, he's being ironic. Yeah. This is a sarcastic song. Yeah. He, If you listen to the verse, um, he's talking shit about pretty much the same kind of stuff that Steppenwolf is. And I was like, oh, he... <laughs> It, it's so it totally caught me off guard because the album cover is literally him in front of an American flag, and then I realized that like okay, 
he's not a terrorist. I don't think it's an anti-patriotic album. I think there's something about, there's something to say that you can be proud of your country and also recognize what you want it to be. Like, I liken it to, okay, so I'm uh, I'm a homeowner. We want to, like, eventually build onto our patio and, like, do stuff outside because, like, our our backyard little patio area kind of sucks right now. It doesn't mean I hate my house. It means this is what I want for my home because I live here and this would make it better. And I think it's totally patriotic to acknowledge here's where I want to be as a country and this is what we have to do to get there. We can't turn away from the problems and pretend that everything's gravy and we're all living in harmony because it's just not that way. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I totally a hundred percent agree. <laughs> I think that's actually what it means to be an American and, and even I'll go as so far to say as a Patriot, you know, unfortunately right now the term Patriot is really wrapped up by a very conservative <laughs> uh, yeah. right wing who think that <laughs> for sure, for sure, you know, the color of one's skin will determine your true, you know, <laughs> patriotism. But um, yeah. actually, I had this fun fact tucked in my back pocket, and I did look it up just to make sure. But Ronald Reagan used Born in the USA as his campaign song, <laughs> which is real, just the definition of fucking irony. Oh, the best. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, totally. Um uh, so yeah, so here's another question that's kind of interesting because this album clocks in at a cool 33 minutes. Did you enjoy yeah. that it was kind of short? I did like that about it. Yeah, when you gave me this the homework, I pulled it up on Spotify and I was like, 33 minutes? Oh, I can do that easy. And then I did it like four or five more times. <laughs> it's weird, man. Like I have criticized albums for maybe not being long enough but then again i listened to this and i was like see it doesn't overstay it's welcome there's no mm-hmm. filler there's you know well okay maybe fag is kind of a filler because <laughs> it's just i don't i don't know why that's there i gotta be honest i would like to think because around 69 70 i think the game rights movement kind of started at least with like hey hey we're there's gay people here. Like we Ooh. are gay. You know, I think it started to have at least a mild attraction. I think that was like kind of that era of San Fran, you know, when it was like that Ashbury, you know, era of, of yeah. all that. So maybe that's why, I don't know. I really hope it's positive. <laughs> um, I don't think it's about cigarettes. They're very American. So I, I hope that's a positive yeah. song. Um, but yeah, no, I actually, <laughs> one of my favorite things is making like a really tight, cohesive album. And I, I like that. It's kind of short. It, Cause it's not an investment. I can sit down and listen to it and get that political angst and rage and hear some bluesy mm-hmm. psychedelic riffs. And I don't have to be there for now. It's not a Floyd album. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I don't have to bring my lunch to sit down and listen to this album. I could just enjoy <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly. So, um, yeah, no, I like that too. I, I do like albums that, um, well, but like you, we've talked about before, like if they had added maybe one more song on there, it probably wouldn't have been as good of a song. So that would be the filler song. Right. So now it's like an imperfect album because you have 33 songs of like really good song or 33 minutes of really good songs. And then you got like four or five minutes of song that's just okay. Um, right. So 
that's an imperfect album like yeah and i think that's a hard choice for a band to make is just be like well this isn't very long but we believe in what we're doing from a to b so like uh yeah it's just that it's just short so i don't know i think that's cool um do bands make albums like this anymore my answer is no i will say that like i legitimately want more bands to make a borderline concept album about politics in a way that's not preachy and i don't think this that album is preachy yeah no i don't i don't think so either um yeah that's a good point uh the, I'll, I'll tell you I'll, the bands that i am familiar with and listen to have not put out anything quite like this i'm sure it's out there um, yeah yeah I'm just not pretentious enough to know about yeah, it. Yeah, like, I'm sure there's bands <laughs> doing this. But, I mean, at the time, like, Steppenwolf wasn't exactly, like, some underground indie band. I'm sure they were doing fucking yeah, fine. Yeah, you know what? That's the truth. Because, as you mentioned, yeah, it was probably after, like, their hits, Magic Carpet Ride and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I The last band that I really remember that did oh. this, where it hit the American Collective Conscious, was Green Day with American Idiot. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Because yeah. that album I, had a similar effect on me, where I was like, oh, yeah, fucking fuck the Bush administration. And <laughs> yeah. actually, right. also around that time, Pearl Jam came out with their self-titled with the Avocado album, mm-hmm. very anti-Bush yeah. administration album. So at that time, I yeah. really hated the Bush. And I was yeah. I was 16, <laughs> man. I, I didn't know, but I fucking hated right. the Bush administration. The only bands that I that I can think of that are doing something similar, and I don't know if it's on the in the same vein because I don't know if I would consider them like mainstream, but alt country is just dripping with this sort of political uh, undertone songs. Okay, Sturgill Simpson, uh, Tyler Childers, fucking Wilco does it. Um, their they their latest album is called Cruel Country, but again they're not quite as mainstream as you don't know what we Fine. will find. Come on, me, little girl, on a magnet. What did he so, say? But yeah, man, <laughs> yeah, you got to listen to more alt country. <laughs> you know what I do? Actually, in your defense, I do. But is the whole album like a politically charged, like bordering on concept album? Eh, probably not. No. Okay. I mean, I, I think you bring up a good point. Like, I didn't, you know, know that even, yeah, Tile Childers or uh, Sturgill Simpson really even got that political. I actually haven't heard their political stuff. Um, and I don't, I don't think you have to be a rock band to be political. I don't think it's a necessity. But, like, American Idiot was one for me that to this day i still kind of think influences my politics like even if Mm -hmm. it because i i actually kind of viewed it as being hyperbolic where like american idiot is like maybe even a little bit too far because there's no other side of the coin that's the whole thing with politics Mm -hmm. there's two sides of the coin right you have to at least be mildly willing to hear the other side of that coin for you to objectively be able to defend your position and if you're unwilling mm. to hear that second side of the coin, then you're not in this for the politics. You're in it for the bumper sticker. Well, that being said, what's your, I mean, I know you love Rage Against the Machine. We just talked about them like a week or so ago. Like, what, would they not check all your boxes for creating a politically charged album such as this? Uh, Okay. 
No, and here's why. That's all they do. Yeah. Rage Against the Machine does not have magic carpet, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, you could say, sure. like, maybe it's Gorilla Radio. Well, no, it's fucking Gorilla Radio. It's about, like, you know... I, I mean, maybe, sure. I Maybe you could point to a Rage song. But to me, every single song is political. Not every single Steppenwolf song is political. Right. And this album didn't do well that's the most i think actually that's what interests me the most american idiot is a is the biggest green day album it is bigger than dookie mm. it's bigger than anything they ever did and ever probably right. will do yeah um the dixie chicks album when they yeah they took it on that album mainly is about the Bush administration. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Yeah. I there's I know every album about the Bush administration. <laughs> right. But yeah, that that's one. And um I don't think they'll ever do anything bigger because that caused yeah. the most controversy. Mm-hmm. And um but I think what's interesting about Steppenwolf, obviously I wasn't allowed I wasn't alive in nineteen sixty nine. So if there if there was anybody who was and they were like, Oh, this was I doubt it really hit many people's radar. Yeah, but right. they still did it to say what they felt that they had to say, and I think I think that's pretty fucking admirable. Yeah. Well, I also one other thing I also wrote down is I one other thing I loved about this album is um, I wrote down like if CCR wasn't tainted by right wingers, um, which is ironic because John Fogarty is very <laughs> liberal. True, but the people that like CCR are too dumb to recognize that. Well, they, <laughs> so yeah, I, I legitimately think they think fortunate son is like a pro military song and it's the complete oh, yeah. opposite. <laughs> it's like, stop joining the fucking military. Right. <laughs> Which I'm not, you know, disclaimer, I'm not saying what's right or wrong here. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, this is, this is what the music is about. My, my favorite example is just the sheer fact that nobody knows that, Bachman Turner Overdrive song "Taking Care of Business" is about doing fucking nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that. This is news and to I, me. It drives me crazy because <laughs> in every single fucking movie where they want to put that song, what are they doing? Getting shit done. That ain't what the song's yeah. about. It's about doing fucking nothing. It's about being your own boss and doing nothing all day. How's business going? Well, I've been taking care of business. It's literally about sitting on your ass. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's just how the fucking, uh, uh, the margarita song, you know what that song's about? Oh yeah. Cheating on your yeah, wife. Yeah. Cheating on your wife <laughs> and then falling in love with your wife again. <laughs> right. It's adorable, but also like, <laughs> man, you took an ad out in the personal paper saying, do you like pina coladas? You know, like what? First off, is that how people used to cheat? You'd put an ad out in the paper? I mean, before Craigslist was around, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. That just, that, that just seems real easy to get caught. Yeah, it does, it does seem real easy. Like, your phone number, right. like your home phone number on an ad. Well, wait. In the song, that's kind of what happened because his wife answered the ad. But wait, wouldn't they share a home phone? Wouldn't she call her own phone number? I'm so confused. Well, in the song, he says, meet me at this bar. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. So then they meet at the bar. She walks in, and the the last chorus is, well, I never knew (laughs) that you like Peter. (laughs) Dude, Yacht Rock is so good. (laughs) I will admit, that song, 
I'm not even giving it shit. It's actually a really well written song because it's a whole plot. Yeah, it really is. You hear that song growing up and you just think it's like a love song, but it's about a dude who's trying to step out on his wife and he goes to the bar, you know, thinking he's going to meet this hot lady to whisk him away. And it's his wife. And he's like, oh, you like pina coladas and getting lost in the rain (laughs) and Chinese food after midnight. I got to get you back tomorrow, <laughs> you know, like that whole thing. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> tangent. Um, no, love it. That's awesome. Um, but no, like, I mean, I think it, it I do. I did kind of th- compare it to Credence mostly. I mean, because of the politics, but also mostly like Credence got some like bluesy, funky riffs in there, man. They're they rock dude and i've been going through that and and i and i'm so glad you like kind of brought this up at the right time because i'm i'm really going through a kind of mid to late 60s blues rock phase right oh, now sure um i was actually when after i listened to this album spotify did this thing where it started playing like related artists and like right after it started playing canned heat Oh, dude, I forgot how good Canned Heat is. Yeah, I think I kind of have to because this is like a band that your parents listen to. At least mine did. And <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I have really white trashy parents, though. So <laughs> my my dad made a uh, a mirror in like shop class. It was like this big like like uh, a diamond shaped mirror and it had a fog hat decal on it. Dude. <laughs> That is so cool. I want it. That's kind of what I said. I was like, oh man, that's that's pretty cool. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, yeah. Canned Heat. Um one band I always liked from that era. They're not blues rock really, but uh Golden Earring. They were like they were like late seventies, eighties, but you know. Okay. I've never really listened to them. Yeah, no, Golden Earring's pretty good. But yeah, no, Can Heat. I haven't listened to Can Heat and I don't remember when. Yeah, you should go back and yeah. do it. It's a good time. Dig it. <laughs> I'll tell you an embarrassing story real quick. Oh, it's not embarrassing for me. Um, but what, when I, I, I went back and listened to Can Heat probably a couple of years ago, probably the first time I did a real like deep dive, and mostly because... So when I was a kid, I've told you we were raised in church. Um, so a couple of years ago, my dad... like, uh, Where do we begin with this? <laughs> when I was a it's kid, quite a story. <laughs> I, I I'm not sure where to begin. What's the funniest way to tell it? Uh, okay, so when I was a kid, uh, around the same time, Achy Breaky Heart came sure. out. <laughs> Remember yeah. that song? Uh, me and my dad did a pl- sang a song at church. It was a Christian religious parody oh, version of Achy Breaky Heart. Stop. <laughs> I, t- I was like six, man. That's why I said, I'm not embarrassed by this. My dad should be. <laughs> yeah, your dad should, <laughs> should wipe your memory. Well, wh- what was the... <laughs> What was the song called? What was the parody? I, uh, he's, it's, it's basically like he can heal your heart, your achy breaky heart. <laughs> Damn. I was really hoping it was going to be like it's my bad. achy breaky cross, my achy breaky cross. <laughs> I just can't get down anymore. <laughs> Dying for it's your bad. sins. Dying for your sins. <laughs> I just hope it's pretty dad much that forgives bad. you. I so a couple years ago this resurfaced. My dad has this in digital format. I don't know why. <laughs> and you, you can hear me. I'm right like six. To me right now. 
I'll try to dig it up. I, 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 I gotta see it at least before I die. I'm not saying today, but I gotta see it before I go. Uh, it's not on video. It's just the, it's just the audio. But yeah, I'll, I'll try to of dig you it up. And him seeking it. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's I don't In care. In front of like our entire church. Oh man. <laughs> I so if you listen to it, okay. Sorry, the, <laughs> that's you're throwing a lot at me here. I'm sorry, I didn't give you time to properly react. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm sorry. Wow. Okay, continue. So, what I the reason I brought this up is you hear my six year old voice sounding like a dumbass. Just I've got the highest pitch. My balls haven't dropped yet. And then also, I think we were trying to do it in like a little too high of a key. So my dad was like stretching oh, to hit those okay. notes. He was like in not quite falsetto because I don't think he's good of a sing- as good of a singer to be able to sing in falsetto. But he was just trying his hard to hit that with head voice, um, chest voice. I, I mean, anyway when he was trying to hit those high notes and a combination of that and the fact that the audio quality is real shitty because it was taken off of a 90s analog sound mixer from a church uh (laughs) it sounds like his vocals sound exactly like the dude from can't heat when he's singing (laughs) going up the country because when I heard going up the country, no, because he, he, my dad busted this song out a couple years ago, like as a, Hey, remember this? And I was like, you sound exactly like the dude from Canned Heat. <laughs> That's not a compliment, but <laughs> so then I'm like, I don't think I can listen to Canned Heat without thinking of my dad just trying to hit this achy, breaky heart falsetto. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Was was he even familiar with Canned Heat? Was he was like, oh. Oh, I'm sure he was. Because <laughs> that's super, dude, that is funny for a lot of reasons. So, yeah, every time I hear moving up the country or whatever, I think that guy sounds like my dad. <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> I like Aki Bariki Cross. I think that that should have been the song. We should get into the Christian parody songwriting. Ooh, that, that's a little sacrilegious <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, sure. I, that sounds hilarious. But uh, I don't know if I could uh, go full tilt on that. There's, <laughs> I got, I got a little bit left where I'm just like, mm, I don't like that. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a bridge too far yeah. for me. All right, all right. Well, yeah, I I thought you'd enjoy that story. You're welcome. yeah, no that <laughs> that is legitimately hilarious, and I would love to hear that recording. Maybe maybe I tell you what, save it if you if you get it, save it until we're all together again. You want me to play it on the podcast? No, not the po- I meant all like right. with our wives. I, I will. <laughs> oh okay. yeah, like uh, you talk me into it. I'm in already. Okay. Yeah, I'll play right now. I got it right. Here. It's my ringtone. <laughs> uh, scene. We're back. Anyways, uh, sorry. <laughs> okay, my stomach. Yeah, sorry. I ran up some stairs. Sorry. We're back. We're back. We're back at the podcast. Um. Okay, well, I think we summed up Steppenwolf's monster pretty well. Um, yeah. But yeah, because I do this, I I'm, I would be super excited for you to give me an album to do this with. So um, I'll be excited when you get to pick one, because I would love to uh, 
do the same thing with you because it's like i said i mean the album is like super nostalgic for me too so i wanted to do this one because i think i tend to look at it with like rose colored glasses so i really wanted Mm -hmm. like somebody else to listen to it and take it in and you know see how it is but it's it's exciting that because i think through a lot of our friendship you haven't it's not that you don't like classic rock or or you know that era of music it's just we don't really like talk about it we never mm-hmm. we never find i think the only man that we've ever really connected on is like ccr yeah e- totally yeah there's not too many else that we really are like oh yeah like i really fucking love this you know older band so yeah well i i think part of that is like i've been I've, i'm finally i finally reached the point where this kind of happens with everyone um you uh, my entire like youth and college years and young adulthood, I was all about, you know, trying to find the cool hip new band that sure. I want to be the first to know about. And I want to fall in love with them because there, that happened with so many different bands to me. Like some of my favorite bands are like, you know, early two thousands indie bands. Right. Um, and I've kind of reached the point where like, that's not really happening right now. There's not any yeah. like, good i know this makes me sound old there's not any great music being put out right now that i really jive with and i yeah i still keep up with those bands that i liked you know 10 15 years ago that were putting that stuff out and they do put out stuff every once in a while that's like worth listening to like the strokes just had an album a couple years ago that was i think some of their best work that they've done in years but for the most part that is that's an exception to the rule um so I've gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, well, I'm kind of burnt out on modern shit. Let's go back and see what I missed. And that's what that's one of the big reasons I've been going through this. Like, well, I've always liked blues music. Well, like I've told you before, like I, I discovered the White Stripes and the Black Keys. And then I realized, oh, they're doing Led Zeppelin. So I'm going right. to get super into Led Zeppelin. And that happened for me like four or five years ago, embarrassingly enough. But I did yeah 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 i i don't think it should be embarrassing i think and actually i think that's like kind of maybe the whole point of this podcast is like for example i grew up with the older stuff because i got into records really young yeah but i got into records really young where i didn't know what the fuck i was doing so i used to like the static in the pop i'm like oh Mm -hmm. yeah cool and now (laughs) i'm just like fuck you know what i mean because now i know but back then it was just cool for me to, and I still tell people this, it's just some of my favorite things is just buying a record that was pressed that year that people listened to in like 69, 70. Yeah, I was like, people rolled joints on this album. <laughs> yeah. And that's a cool feeling. <laughs> and I think even when I was 13, 14, you know, that still really excited me was buying old records. I would buy records from Half Price Books, Goodwill, you know, shit like that, because it was cool to have something somebody else interacted with from that time period but you know by no means that happened to me early but then i was the kid in like middle school and high school and i was like y'all ever listen to pearl jam (laughs) you know and you're not you know what i mean but i missed out on a lot of the music that you're into because i was Mm -hmm. stuck in the 90s so by the time i got to high school and shit i was stuck in the 90s and i missed out on a lot of those cool bands so you know everybody has a different journey with it well, I was the kid in high school that listened to a lot of like Christian rock, but then told people I listened to like Snoop Dogg. <laughs> yeah, we had different journeys. Doctor Dre. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that was. You guys listen? You guys ever listen to Chronic? 
<laughs> heard this new album called the uh chronic uh it's pretty good i didn't even know what chronic was <laughs> it took me a long time to figure i now in all fairness like i i probably like smoked weed well before i understood that there was like strands and things and yeah you know there, there was di- i just thought all weed was one Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just all one, you know. I didn't realize there were strands and stuff like that. For sure. Um, but all right. Well, that's what we have with our little uh, album review. Uh, thank you for that. was cool. Thank you. I'm super glad you liked it. I was a little bit worried, but I was prepared if you didn't. Because I was like. <laughs> no, man. I loved it. Cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's get into the end here. Uh, Mitch, here lately, besides Steppenwolf's monster, what have you been cranking? I am going to keep things going with the late 60s, early 70s blues rock theme. Dope, dope, dope. Um, you got to listen to um, a band called Farm. They have an album called, I believe it's also called Farm. Uh, <laughs> um, so this I just discovered. Um, I've told you about... <laughs> Can I can what? I can I do one bit? Go please do. Yeah. All right. Here's Farm with their new single. <laughs> their new single. Sue <laughs> I might cut that. That was stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was real <laughs> Okay, so okay, I pulled up there's here's here's what here's here's what you gotta know. The Farm album was actually released in 1969. Dope. Um, Farm was a short-lived project whose only recording was the soundtrack to George Greeno's 1969 underground surf film, The Innermost Limits of Pure Fun. I didn't know any of this. That's fucking so cool. (laughs) I'm really into this already. Um. I didn't know any of this. This is so weird. The project was helmed by surfer Danny Aberg and included members of the Dragons, one of whom, whose name is Daryl Dragon, went on to fame and fortune yeah. <laughs> as one of one half of 70s soft rock duo Captain and Tennille. Whoa! Uh, farm bassist Phil Pritchard and guitarist Ernie Knapp went on to work with the Beach Boys in their later years. Okay, so anyway... <laughs> That's dope as hell. <laughs> this is incredibly awesome. Uh, so, yeah, they have... Um, th- I got turned on to this because this guy I follow on YouTube, I've talked about him a thousand times, Noble Records. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He has talked about this band many times, and it was kind of a one-hit wonder that they put out, like, five or six songs and then disappeared off the face of the earth, and that was in, like, 1969. Um, well, because of his, like, YouTube reach and stuff, um, he got... Um, some record company to like repress this album and they're doing them in like super limited runs and I bought one it hasn't showed up yet but I think it already it shipped and it is so good it is like well we're talking we've been talking about blues rock but there's also kind of some some hints of almost early psychedelic sabbath um yeah check out the song the song i'm gonna put on the playlist is one of my favorites it is let that boy boogie by farm fuck yeah completely random but it is kick ass yeah no man that's that's hella interesting i also like it being tied into uh into like a like an independent like surfer movie film because now i didn't know that at all yeah i want to watch the movie now 
but that's me too yeah that's that's <laughs> just that's wild that's that's a weird seven degrees of separation because then you get yeah. to captain and Tennille and then you know what i mean <laughs> and then the beach boys like what is this yeah um but i think what i like about it so much is if you do listen to it listen to it in like headphones or like nice speakers or something because the sure. very first part of the song starts on this like guitar riff that's like only panned to the left side and then for a second, you're like, are my headphones broken? Why am I only hearing half of this? And then it's, they, they're just so extreme with their like musical decisions that they make. And then the rhythm guitar kicks in, and the right side is like, oh, shit, this is great. Okay. That, yeah, I'm pretty stoked, man. I, I, I'm, this is one of the few that I'm going to turn off the podcast. We're going to say goodbye on Skype, oh. and I'm going to hit play because I do yeah, want to Yeah, do it. Do it. Sick. <laughs> what you got? What you been cranking? Uh. I'm sure I will. So, Wait, I already know what it is because I saw what you were listening to on Spotify two hours oh ago. Oh, no. And I was going to comment on it. Oh. Well. Go ahead. So I have a cool answer, and then I have the truth. Okay. <laughs> so the truth is I got talking to my wife, and she – it's not Creed, by the way, just in case you were going to say Creed. It's not far off. Not far off. <laughs> Because she kind of has this, like, morbid, like, fascination with Creed. Well, I grew up on Creed, okay? To me, it's gospel. But that led me down a different rabbit hole of another band that I forgot how much I loved, and that band is Godsmack. And I'm not proud, but you got to hear me out. (laughs) No, I don't want (laughs) to. It's not that I think Godsmack is good. It's nostalgic. You know what I mean? Like, I've been listening to the first album, like, not much past the other albums. It's, and I think their first album was self-titled, but it's the one with that really, admittedly, pretty hot metal chick on the cover. Uh, and it's got Voodoo. You know what I mean? Who doesn't love that song? Um, <laughs> You? Oh, fuck <laughs> off. You know a lot of the lyrics i'm not sure i know that song but well i so this is where we had two very different experiences because like this was music that was cool and hip um i wasn't listening to the fucking strokes i wasn't you know what i mean i was listening to you know godsmack and that's fair you know well to be fair i wasn't listening to the strokes until like college like 10 years after they were cool i sure. i did listen to a little bit of butt rock in high school just because everybody was that was the time yeah it's it, it's butt rock like that that's the best word i i was gonna say jock rock i think is a little bit nicer yeah, um okay <laughs> you know but uh yeah i i remember like mtv had a show called fear uh, which was basically the, in my mind, the, you know, the fucking jumping off point of the GoPro because they would have the big giant camera strapped to their face and they would go into haunted houses mm-hmm. and they would flip out. But the theme song was Voodoo by Godsmack. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, no. So I, I went back and I listened to that album and actually I was listening to it this weekend. It was like Saturday night and I just had it like pretty, pretty loud. Just having a few beers and I and I started air drumming to it because the drums are fucking good, man. I mean, this there's some <laughs> cool fucking drums. And I came downstairs and she was like, "Hey, honey, I don't know what Cotton Eye Joe shit you're listening to up there." <laughs> she got to tone it down. I was like, "All right, well, I was listening to Godsmack." 
So, yeah, look, Godsmack's weird, man. I, I'm not saying it's good. I will say incredibly underrated rhythm section because it, there's actually a couple riffs I want you to hear. Like, I would like you to just hear the riff because the bass, is, the bass sound is awesome. The drum sounds are great. The drum fills are amazing. You know, it's just... Yeah, it's 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 butt rock. It's not. <laughs> <coughs> but the song I want you to put on the playlist is probably my favorite song. A song called "Whatever," and it's uh, very angsty, very angry. But the chorus is like good. It's like in a weird time signature where the drums and the guitars are doing the same thing, where the melody is actually kind of doing. It's almost like a polyrhythm. But if you, I think if you turn back the distortion, it's a little jazzy. Hmm. It's weird, man. It's just, I've loved going back and listening to like nostalgic music for myself with like a critical ear and then hearing things that I would have never heard before. Yeah, Um, that's true. you, You know, it's like, I'm not saying like Godsmack is great or anything, but there's, you know, there's some stuff to glean. I, I really truly think that any music you can glean something from. Mm. Um, and I think with Godsmack, like in particular, like the production is amazing for their first album that I think was like early aughts, like, or maybe late nineties. Like, I don't know. I think it's pretty impressive because I think so many bands want to sound like that and never do. Right. So, it's like I said, typically I think when we come to what you crank it, it's like I have an answer that would be more interesting, <laughs> but I got to tell the truth and I've been listening to a lot of Godsmack. So it is what it is. That's totally fair. <laughs> so it is what it is. But all right. Well, that's what we have for you today, folks. Uh, that's uh, that's the Vinyl Frontier. Thank you for joining us on this uh, expedition into the unknown. And uh, we will be back for a new one uh, next time. Yeah, thanks for joining us. If your name happens to be Scotty and you happen to have a beam, if you could just go ahead and just go ahead and uh, beam us up there. Scotty, can you beam us up there? Scotty, can you beam us up there? <laughs>